0: The cannabishes welcome to high tea high tea is a high vibe cannabis entertainment company for women who also love weed hey, buyin this is a thoughtful and blunt exploration of pot and its magic the role it has in the lives and processes hey, of cool and creative people everywhere and an evolving cannabis culture we're seeing happen before our very eyes we're elevating perceptions with every episode. Listen up as we go in. And we're back, cannabises. This is High Tea Life. I'm your host, Jen Newton. And this is part two of episode two, our exploration of the role that cannabis plays in sport. Now, if you haven't heard part one yet, this was our conversation with Angelina, founder of Blessed Edibles, Muay Thai fighter, and global crusader for the cause, the destigmatization of cannabis in the role of professional sport. Now, it was during my chat with her that I just. Couldn't wrap my head around the ludicrousy of what we were coming to learn about the role that the plant plays in the life of pro sports. Truth is, some of the greatest athletes of all time were smoking the gouge the whole time. And with cannabis reform sweeping the nation, we're beginning to see more and more of these famous, retired, well known athletes speaking out about the benefits of the plant and the fact that they prefer them. Now, I was at an event just the other day with a bunch of these gentlemen who all former pro athletes who are now stepping into the light about the role cannabis has in their lives. Now, this is an organization founded by one of our favorites, Riley Cote, who, by the way, is starting his own podcast, finally, Um, Athletes for Care, if you know it, if you don't know it, you should. Um now this is a great organization a bunch of pro athletes all of all of them retired and all of them tasked and crusading to destigmatize the role that cannabinoids play in sports. Now he and I got caught up in a conversation as we do about how cool all of this is. Now I have said from day 1 that I truly believe athletes will be what normalizes cannabis in mainstream society, especially for you dudes out there. But he and I were talking about how important it would be slash how awesome it would be if somebody playing now really came out with normalizing their use, showing how it plays a role in their wellness routine. So in this next part, I had to go deeper and speak to somebody who's really out there crusading for this cause. This is the one and only main event. He is a Muay Thai martial arts, what is it? Mixed martial arts fighter, former UFC and beyond, and a champion, Elias Theodoru. Now, this man is... A medicinal user of the plant who has come to use his own personal case to really stand for the importance of athletes being able to choose their own medicine and to have a right to have their medicine throughout their training and their fighting. So listen up as we go deeper into the idea of cannabis and sport being just a normal thing with the main event himself, Elias Theodoru, High Tea Life. <laughs> we are here with Elias Theodoro. He is the main event MMA champion. Recently won a really big fight, eh? Yeah. yeah. So talk to me about the cannabis. When did the cannabis become uh, a part of your life and then be part of your training?
1: Uh, it, so it came later. Um, in the When I was uh, on that fun, amazing ride, when I was talking about the the um ultimate fighter and the leading up to it before I got into the UFC I one of my coaches um Lachlan uh, a really good friend of mine he has been a patient for oh, decades or i think it's a, about 15 years now medical
0: um, marijuana patient yes
1: yeah okay um in his own athletics uh you know were derailed in some capacity and that's why he ended up taking on more of a a coaching role um but you know he was very influential in you know my learning as a both martial artist and just as a person Uh, i kind of look at him like my older brother yeah um and we have a really great friendship and uh one of the interesting things that um again he was educating me with cannabis uh, and just it's how he uses it in his life uh, and how he uses it as a patient and, um you know a- as an athlete of my own uh, I was starting to actually feel the uh, symptoms of my condition that eventually started to f- flare up um, which is bilateral neuropathic pain okay but um beyond that Tell uh me kind more of going about that. uh well with that um so it's basically nerve damage of my upper extremities is it from, um,
0: from being an athlete upper extra yeah okay. um
1: it will it originated when uh, in a prior life. I was a semi-pro skateboarder. Oh, and uh, cool. before I realized I was terrified of heights, I used to jump off a really, really Shit. tall set of stairs. Okay. And uh, broke my hand, two breaks, four fractures. Right. Um, I was... Uh, uh, basically, I guess I always had a high pain threshold because I didn't go to the doctor for like six months. Because I was like, oh, that's mm. fine. Um, I was doing like uh, some recording, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, or some... Uh, like a shoot... Uh, with one of the, the companies that I worked with, um, and I didn't want to seem like a wussy, so I uh, pushed through it. Um, and then, you know, eventually the, the pain subsided. But uh, going back into it, um, I broke my hand, two breaks, four fractures. They took bone out of my hip and made me a new wrist. It was a bone graft. So I have arthritis in my hand that degenerated into, again, the surgical degeneration, adding into the first signs in in my wrist and the nerve damage. Um, also, both of my elbows as well, um, And again, I've broken my hand uh, numerous times in my right hand for obvious reasons. Mm. Everything I do is punching and kicking. Um, So my elbow constantly, like, as a subset, I get, like, um, it's the nerve damage as well in there. And again, it's a radiating heat. It's to kind of like a layman's approach of it, a description of it. Uh, You know, every time you hit your funny bone? Yeah. Like, sometimes everywhere I hit, it's that. And it's a radiating heat to the point where I don't notice. Sometimes my nerve... Is just all in whack because yeah. sometimes I won't even notice because it's it's radiating heat. Right. But then I'm all bruised up and it's swollen and i been just kind of like you know using my phone or whatever and, you're just constantly and it's just kind of like it. and it'll just like swell up because I didn't even realize that I have this. It, Ballooning elbow and uh, this bruised up wrist, yeah. but because again my nerve and my nerve damage plays tricks on me. Uh, sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's uh, burning, sometimes it's stinging. Sometimes every time I hit it, it's a constant uh, struggling. Like I mentioned, everything I do <laughs> involves my hands in some capacity, mm-hmm. right? And it puts me at a competitive disadvantage. And that's where it comes down in regards to my own story, um, that I kind of find myself where other athletes are able to use first line medicines. Where I'm not allowed to use what I, not even necessarily I, my doctor has prescribed for me, um, and that's where this all comes into.
0: I got really excited. I'm I sorry. Knock the stand. Okay, <laughs> so league wide, league wide, we have, and you can talk talk about this as transparently as you feel comfortable. I totally get it. Uh, we have essentially a prioritization of pharma and o- opioids coming, but you mm-hmm. have a personal doctor who's fighting for your cannabis use. Is kind of what you're saying?
1: Well, no. Well, my doctor is helping me as a patient, um, and understand. so is well, yes, understand. Obviously, the my medication as well, okay. and um, beyond that, I actually have um, a medical practitioner. Uh, sorry, a cannabis uh, practitioner oh, in cool. Solas Health Network and it, also their, their team out there that have helped me on the regulatory side throughout my therapeutic use exemption, which i kind of fast-tracking into where um, I've led you know, my own use in regards to cannabis and now where I find myself in, in the league and, and as a mixed martial artist in the UFC and what regulatory stuff that I have to deal with that I am um, currently um, not only fighting uh, May 4th uh, in Ottawa, uh, against the t- uh, a fighter, uh, I'm also fighting outside of the cage to be able to get a therapeutic use exemption for medical cannabis, um, to be I able see. to use it not only for my next fight, but moving forward.
0: Okay, so let's tell the people, let's bring it back to the top. So league-wide, there's a sort of permissibility around cannabis, but you have to remove it. How close to your fights?
1: Yes, so... The UFC has a, a very progressive stance. Um, the UFC is the is the league that I fight for. They have hired a third party tester, which is called USADA, um, the World Anti or sorry, the United States Anti Doping Agency.
0: So they test like for everybody. All yeah, performance sports. dancing drugs.
1: Okay. Um, beyond that, they're attached to a larger organization called WADA, which is the World Anti Doping Agency. Okay. And that's that's the head organization that's attached to the the Olympics. So they're the people. And then individually, each country has their own. Um, their own uh, testers so technically as a canadian i have what's called the cces which is the canadian center for ethics and sports that is the canadian version of usada right but because i'm i i work for a american company they have to do it with usada Mm -hmm. right and then the two companies, because, again, it's a world organization, so the two organizations talk to each other, and in reality, the CCS tests me, right, when I'm in Canada, because that's their jur- jurisdiction. See, I'm karate chopping this as well, too. This mic, I almost knocked it over. It's exciting. Um,
0: We're both gesticulating. Yes, yes. I'm trying really hard. I'm, like, my I'm sitting on my hands.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I use my hands a lot. So, um, point being. Sorry. No. Um, Point being, uh, they test me, and then they'll send it off to USADA. The thing is, um, again, I'm a huge believer in USADA. Uh, I, I get, I'm a huge believer in USADA and everything they represent in regards to a clean sport. Um, all I'm asking for is medical equality in the in the capacity that my medical doctor and my cannabis health practitioners have determined that cannabis works best for me as a patient. And unfortunately, the current stigma that, you know, part of why I'm trying to talk, um, trying to, uh, you know, be more open about it is the aspect of um, the fact that, one, I have a, as mentioned, the UFC is quite progressive, so not every professional athlete that's in one of these, in a league that is tested by these organizations have the luxury of actually even talking about it. They can even be in trouble in some capacity for even talking about it, right? Right. So um, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, Do a little bit more in in that capacity and speak for those that I know are medicating on their own right. And unfortunately, some of them, again, like there's examples in, for instance, the NFL, where they'll try and take synthetic cannabis, which is not cannabis. It's a bath salt. Because, again, it's not in the test. See, the issue with these Uh... chemicals, so it's not the test that they test for because no one in the right mind would take bath salts. No athlete in the right mind would take bath salts. Not watching that video. Yes. So... Again, um, if you create a black market and you create things in the dark, where prohibition was mm-hmm. for the longest time, um, that's where all these deviations in the wrong way. It's these these are potential people that are trying to self-medicate and right. they have to hide in the dark, and that's yeah. what prohibition was. And part of you know Canada ending prohibition in our country um, not only made me like it made me feel obligated to speak not only for myself but for others, and especially people in the States because um, they have, again, the, the federal component to it, which is even more bearing and, sure. and whatnot.
0: For sure, for sure. So how many people are like, are there other guys out in the league, like loud and proud with the cannabis use? Like how how big is the ganja factor?
1: Yeah, well, so mixed martial arts in many ways is attached to California and their culture as well. Um, mm. A lot of the um, a lot of the first uh, fighters either came out from there or um, ended up moving there. Okay. Right, Vegas and California. A lot of fighters and a lot of jiu-jitsu practitioners um, uh, come out of there, and they embraced the the California lifestyle. And California is synonymous in many ways with cannabis. So um, again, they've been while in while doing it in. A black market. They've been self-medicating in some capacity, and that's why even today, um, I, I still suggest everyone uh, talk to some type of practitioner to better understand how cannabis works for them in some capacity. Because um, I personally, I think there's a huge um, one difference in regards to right and regulation. A regulation only changed in uh, October 17th. Uh, this is a fundamental right, and that's why part of it that as a that again, I'm pushing in 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 the better you know, conversation is the aspect. This is a fundamental right for Canadians and that includes Canadian patients and athletes. And not only I... Uh, Am not able to use it uh, beyond athletics. You can talk about different union workers or different types of uh, p- police officers that aren't able to ha- have any cannabis uh, okay. it, as a medicine uh, um, because of the, again the uh, stigma that's attached, and they're not necessarily able to communicate uh, that, and you know, for fear of uh, retribution or not retribution is the wrong word or punishment. Yeah, losing um, their job in some companies for yeah. sure.
0: That's very interesting. I've never considered it like that a right versus a regulation and it's true there's we're still very much in a prohibition because if the systems Mm -hmm. and the bureaucracy is still removing the choice from people then it's still being prohibited and we were talking about this outside because it's not the same as pharma and it's not the same as medicine because medicine is for treating an ailment that exists Mm -hmm. whereas we know cannabis is Preventative medicine, and that what it does is promote homeostasis and equilibrium of all of the systems in the body that are out of whack, whatever those are. They could be mental, they could be digestive, they could be nerve, they could be, you know, beyond that. There's lots of systems. I'm not thinking
1: 100% in the fact that we have cannabinoid receptors, right? um, We're built to receive the plant. Yeah. So, um, and again, an attachment to anti-inflammatory, I know this on a very personal level because that's, that's what helps treat my bilateral neuropathic pain, right? right? The actual targeted aspect where other medicine and let's not, I, I can even get in beyond the actual difference in what the medicine does. It's the side effects for me personally, what right. really affect me and again, put me at a competitive disadvantage. No doubt. So for instance, one of the issues that I'm having in, in my fight, um, uh for cannabis uh medical cannabis in my specific case for my tue is the fact that unfortunately they have kind of a backwards approach to it where they want me to even though again medicine when you find when your doctor finds what works for you you don't try everything else or anything else really if it's working for you okay right um but unfortunately the process that The way they they see this, because it's on the prohibited list, they want me to exhaust all other options, first-line medication, Mm. and then come back to cannabis. So I have to try um, SSRIs, opioids, uh, antidepressants, um, uh, and a whole bunch of other different uh, types of um, opioids, etc., etc., that they want me to take, Um, and it actually is the... Not even necessarily the actual medicine itself, as I mentioned, it's a side effects. Like, for instance, Lyrica. They had me on Lyrica. I went on Lyrica for three weeks. Um, I walk around at 215 pounds, and I cut 30 pounds for a fight. It's a process, right? And with Lyrica, one of the side effects is bloating. Okay. I gained another 10 to 15 pounds. Right. That's a competitive disadvantage. Not I have to, to no- mention
0: you're totally out of yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, not to get too graphic about it, but constipation, et cetera, et cetera, that comes right. with it, I get punched in the stomach on the regular. Yeah. So constipation <laughs> yeah. is making my job real shitty. No pun intended. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, again, again. Uh, that's at a competitive disadvantage that my other opponents don't have to go at. No, so, so
0: how do they actually make a case for that? Like if that's the, if that's the perspective of the league, and yet the league's ultimate because sorry to cut you off there. That's on, okay, but the it. ultimate perspective is optimization of the athlete. Unfortunately, like they use you guys as athletes, but so why not allow the optimization of wellness within that person?
1: Well. First and foremost, again, the UFC is a little more progressive than other aspects. True. The other aspect is, especially with them specifically, they outsource it to a third party. Right. So they're not involved. So they, it's kind of out of their hand. They could technically take it out, but it would be very political, and it would actually probably rub them the wrong way in regards to the the organization. And the, the latter part of that is—sorry um, to drag on, but it, it's the fact that, again— a lot of other countries, uh, more specifically the US and, um, and Japan. Their organizations who, uh, pushed against it because, federally speaking, right. or whatever equivalent, they, it's a Schedule One drug. Yeah. So just taking the U.S., because it's a Schedule One drug, it has no medical properties in it. So that extrapolates in regards to medical companies, or sorry, the medical organizations that they work with. USADA works with the U.S. government and takes some of the actual funding from them, right? So, but how again, about it's, the fact that outbound. that's wrong? Well, it's that's the system. Right. Right. That's the system. It's been like that for quite some time. And
0: even though you're a Canadian individual,
1: but yeah,
0: an outsourcer, you are still playing in a U.S.-based system.
1: Yeah. So extrapolating it out there, it's the it's the um, Olympics. Right. So each one of them has a vote. So same how you have ratifications, this, that, and the other. That's why it took Canada so long to get out of – sorry, to to legalize cannabis because part of it is we had to untangle all these different treaties we were attached to in regards to the uh, United Nations. So there's all these world things that we've signed, not only in Canadian law, but also – World law and world, you know, treaties, et cetera, et cetera. And it, again, it becomes political, and you start pissing people off if mm-hmm. uh, they have different directions. So the CCS, actually, um, the CCS, the Canadian Center for Ethics and Sports, they um, they tried to, because you can you can lobby. So they lobbied last year to remove cannabis, and as a compromise, they put they they allowed CBD, but CBD doesn't necessarily. Uh, treat the specific injuries that I have because, again, you need the THC to, uh, truly, have, to truly harness um, the actual medicine yeah. specifically
0: to myself. You need full spectrum. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, okay, so when did the... Um, I keep likening your story a bit to Riley, and I know that I've seen you guys like each other's Instas, so I know that you and Riley, and, and you're familiar with his mission, mm-hmm. and he it's like stuck in my mind that he talks about how he was tapped as just this fighter fight or flight kind of all those hormones raging through his body every day and then all of a sudden he'd like meet these people out by the dumpster and they'd be talking, and they'd be realizing they're like essentially breaking all the rules frankly but ultimately healing themselves so there was an obvious moment for him when his, like, consumption became a crusade. And I'm wondering if, when did that happen for you? Like, when did it become that you were just using this and you knew you needed this and you're to like, you know what? I'm out there loud and fucking proud and I'm going to fight for my right to use this all the way up to and throughout a fight.
1: Well, that, that that's, as I mentioned in uh, when cannabis became legal nationwide here and the fact that especially being more public um i knew on on a personal level um that cannabis was right for me as a patient for quite some time and again going back to my friend and um uh you know uh again like big brother yeah, yeah exactly um who you know just basically Remove this some of the stigma towards me uh, again because I, I even had it as uh, attached in regards to it as an athlete. Okay. Um, because mm-hmm. I in, in a younger age in uh, high school um, self medicated probably in some capacity, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I smoked marijuana uh, as a child or yeah. as a child as, as a, ch- a but well technically when you're 13 <laughs> you're a child right Yeah, that's young. But but again the 13 14. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I kind of looked at it as again. Um, that was early use of it and not using it as an actual medicine, medicine. Yeah. Um, and that's where one of the things that um, you know the the government, the current government, actually argued in regards to legalization. It was easier to get cannabis um, as a child than it was to get alcohol. Why? Because the, it, it's in the stores. It's in it's in a a place that is not around us. Right? It, it was harder to get cannabis um, in high school than mm-hmm. or sorry um, alcohol in, in uh, high school than it was cannabis just really? because mm-hmm. yeah I had a fake ID pardon I
0: had a fake ID in high school I like got I had a a fake young ID and, as well. I got it young and duned it seemed to work
1: but again um, that goes to the aspect of uh, I, I was not necessarily self-medicating it was more in regards to the possibly yeah. the wrong um, the Using it as the wrong outlet at the time, right? In the wrong
0: way, wrong wrong consumption methods. All around. Probably ripping bongs and yada, yada. But yes,
1: and again, transitioning into an adult and transitioning into an athlete, um, I had still that negative connotation to it because of the way I was using it and not being actually educated on it, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think uh, just the... The removal of actual stigma and the removal of actual black, uh, the quote unquote black market and the capacity of what we kind of perceived it in the past um, will help transition kind of more um, enlightened use, um, whether that is in regards to age or whether that is in, in general. And like, again, I, I I tell people that or on a personal level, I still suggest uh, talking to some kind of practitioner um, no matter the age and no matter really the use because again in many ways it is a medicine more so personally.
0: Oh it certainly is mind body and soul yeah it's interesting you say that I think stigma is the conversation and I think stigma is actually a lot of the heavy lifting that you and your professional athlete peers are doing and are going to continue to do and I think because 50 or 51 or however many percentage of men and beyond, 51% of society at least, like, looks up to you guys beyond, you know, it's about all about sports. So seeing that medicine helping the world's most, like, optimal bodies, the world's most optimal minds and brains and trained beings, I think does a lot of heavy lifting in terms of removing the stigma and also the conversation, right? So how are you taking your cannabis conversation kind of wide? So you're going to Ottawa next, and you're going to have an incredible fight, and you're going to, what, wear cannabis leaf shorts? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) no, and then we're going to go to, are we going to the Hill and actually doing a bit of lobbying? Like, what's happening?
1: So... Previous fight, um, after my last fight, uh, right after uh, I was announced the winner, when I had my opportunity to um, basically be on the mic, um, I basically said that my next fight, I know this is the moment where I'm supposed to call out my next opponent, but my next fight is not against one man, it's against the stigma of medical cannabis. And I'm fighting only enough for not myself, but all other Canadian athletes to medicate as they should should choose by their medical practitioner. Amazing. Um, And again, it's putting it out there, right in the capacity that they also show other athletes um, you, you know a little bit less, yeah, a little bit less uh, fear in regards to being a little bit more open. Um, furthermore, as I mentioned earlier, um, between I think it's um, April to end of May, which is about uh, right after, a couple weeks after my fight, um, they allow you to lobby, for a therapeutic or sorry for the the same organization i told you about like the ccs athletes because we're technically shareholders in regards to the older overall um collective in regards to um these anti-doping agencies so i have a voice too everyone has a voice the organization and the athlete as well so i'm going to lobby to remove cannabis from the uh, from the prohibited list so that's what i'm going to lobby during that And again, it's it's other things in, you know, conversations like this, um, you know, different other um, uh, uh, events and uh, opportunities that I'll be able to speak, uh, you know, not only about myself, but uh, all other athletes uh, in hopes that, uh, you know, again, uh, just the opportunity to talk more about it out in the open.
0: Yeah. Right. Illuminate loud and proud. Okay. so what's your cannabis ritual? Like, how do you take it? How do you? How do you like it?
1: Yeah, so, um, especially in the morning, uh, it depends on a lot of it on my actual pain, right. um, what the actual issue is, uh, whether it's radiating heat, radiating heat, shocking pain, um, what my schedule is. Um, so usually I'll, I'll 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 start the day. Um, with some CBD in, in, to start off the day and then event uh, oils and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then I'll actually uh, start uh, with a sativa. I, I vaporize personally because um, mm-hmm. I just try to y- remove combustion right? Um, and uh, dry flour as well. Yeah. Um, and it's...
0: Uh, you vape dry flour?
1: hmm
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you vape oils? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah.
1: So, for instance, the one that the vaporizer that I have is a Stork Symbetical Mighty. Okay. Right. So, um. I haven't had the pleasure. Pre- pre- I
0: haven't had the pleasure it's of
1: a, it. It's a fantastic, it's a fantastic piece of technology. Okay. Um, but, uh, Endorsed. and then also have a vaporizer, the the volcano that they have as well. Yes. I have um, had the
0: pleasure. Yes, yes. There you go. So,
1: same company. Um, but point being, um, removing combustion. And, uh, again, it's, it's listening to your body. I usually, uh, medicate with about four to five grams, uh, within a day. Um, and then, you know, my first training session will be around 10 or 11 o'clock and it goes about till, you know, let's say if it's at 10, it'll be till 12, mm-hmm. an hour after eating, et cetera, et cetera, whatever I have to do. Sometimes because of the pain and because of, again, the exertion that I put in myself and getting ready for the next session that I have later on the night, um, I'll, I'll take an indica and possibly, uh, you know, 30, 30 minutes to an hour nap, uh, resting nap. Um, Sleep is To healed. recharge. Yep. Like, yeah. 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 Um, and then, again, assess how my body feels from there. Um, and uh, towards the evening, I'll uh, switch to Indica. And um, depending on how uh, how my mind is and how I feel, I might even add some CBD towards the end. Uh, I, I I love sleeping as well. Uh, as we already mentioned, again, Naps Save Lives. <laughs> doesn't? Um, but, Naps uh, Save Lives. Exactly. I get another hashtag. Um, so... Uh, I'll get, uh, some CBD, um, in as well. Yeah. And that way I'll have a better opportunity to, for instance, um, enjoy my sleep and also, uh, remember my dreams.
0: Yes. Okay. So I don't often remember my dreams though. I had some potent fucking shit come at me the other night. <laughs> um, would CBD help with that? Maybe?
1: Yeah. CBD uh, definitely helps.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because it sort of is leveling out the, all the issues, right? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. What's your favorite strain? Ever um, Ever Big one? Yeah, top top 3. Top 3. Top 2.
1: <sighs> Dr. Who. Ooh. Um uh, I'm trying to think Dr. Who. What's the other one? Again, my uh, my friend Lachlan uh, has uh, showed me many. He, he's he's the he's, gosh master. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's so many. <laughs> I like um, him already. He yes. He has uh, some really great um, genetics and cool. really great. Uh, just uh, probably I can't even like some of his. I can't even like because again, there's so many. Yeah, you've tried different, it all. Exa- yeah, bet. exactly. Amazing. Um, but I'm like he has like 20 generations.
0: Wow. yeah okay, like, so he's deep in he gets it well again' he's
1: a, he's a he's a true patient and also just true again if we want to talk about someone else I don't, don't want to speak on his behalf but yeah. he's an advocate as well in yeah. regards to um, what he wants to do in the community and what he's been doing um, for many many years Amazing. So, um, does he's he a great help mind other, the, pardon
0: does he help other athletes is that
1: um well no his uh, business? what's it called he's um working with different companies in different capacities but he's also uh, uh, again I don't want to speak uh, before for him um, but uh, there's many different ways he goes back to the community.
0: Amazing. He sounds very cool. Okay so we were talking about how important I think.
1: Chocolope. Oh! Oh,
0: he remembered. And Chocolope. that's a good one. That's, that's the winner. a good one. Chocolope from Chocolope. Doctor Who. I could handle some of that Sorry. right now. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I, just... I get it, I get it, I get
1: it. If he ends up hearing this, he'll know. <laughs> he'll know. Chocolope from Doctor Who. I need
0: some of that right now. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, did you come up against any stigma in, like, your inner circle, your personal, your family, your friends, your loves, anything like that? Well, I think...
1: Mixed martial arts in cannabis have very many, um, very many uh, parallels, Uh, especially when I was first starting. There were a lot of stigma. There's a lot of stigma in regards to mixed martial arts. They looked at it as human cockfighting, right, infamously. Interesting. So, um, again, the different ways that I, I don't know, uh, the joke that I always say is I'm a lover, not a fighter, but everyone has a price. So um, what's it called? Um, I like that too. Point being, uh, I you know the different companies and the different um, campaigns I was uh, uh, able to kind of present out there was able to kind of um, uh, you know soften I guess the the idea of what a mixed martial artist was right, right. didn't Pers- have a shaved head yeah. full of tattoos and have yeah. a whole long backstory These in regards very to very uh, handsome people. Well, I have my moments, but um, thank you. <laughs> point being, um, what I was gonna say. Uh, Long story short, um, there are a lot of parallels in regards to cannabis. Um, for instance, it's just regards how my um, my parents didn't quite understand it at mm-hmm. first. Um, didn't quite understand it at first in regards to mixed martial arts. Because uh, it was still new in its infancy. It didn't hit mainstream. But obviously, in my progression in uh, mixed martial arts, they, they had a better grasp of it. And same thing as a, as a patient with medical cannabis. Um, I was able to um, learn and, and uh, grow with it. and once I, I was able to articulate again through the help of Soul Health Network and, and they're better understand like they're explaining my, you know, my need as a patient uh, prior to that and, and my my friend and again, older brother <laughs> um, Lachlan, uh, they I was able to g- uh, learn and grow from it and better explain um, my actual own story about it, right and, and your uh, need. Yeah. Right. And yeah. again, it's a very personal level and I can um, I can hopefully uh, uh, kind of better articulate why I need cannabis as a medical patient and um, why uh, it works best for me. And so far, it's had a positive um, outcome. And part of that is obviously because of the, the people before me that have actually fought as well uh, in regards to fighting the stigma, whether it's in uh, the political field, whether it's in you know uh, the, the original patients for many years beforehand, the the growers that maybe, again, uh, the growers in between and everything that is kind of built to this moment.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's true. We're, we're really blessed. Yeah. We're really blessed. We're really lucky, and there are people who obviously are still being criminalized, still fighting the good fight. right? Yeah, still fighting the good fight indeed. So what's your message like for the people? Because most of the people who are listening are everyday users. They a lot of them use or just sort of coming out to family and friends and stepping into the light and being bold and proud of how the role cannabis plays in helping them mind body and soul and i get those messages a lot like i'm ready to tell everyone i'm ready to come out and whatever so what's your sort of message for for everyone for like the everyday person uh, sorry go on yeah that's it
1: uh what i would again um cannabis uh, is a very personal thing and uh again i'm a huge believer that everyone should um live their truth in some capacity so um i again beyond even the, the truth uh, if you're talking about on a um, recreationally or if you're um, talking about um on the medical side uh, it is you know one better educating yourself and being able to articulate to, to others um and it's doing your due diligence and Uh, luckily, obviously in Canada, we do live in a great country where, you know, it's not perfect right now in the way the system is, but it's going in the right direction. And the biggest step was obviously, um, uh, obviously, uh, the legalization. So again, it's, um, the aspect that now it's legal and now it's beyond, um, even the, uh, The regulatory side and the legalization side it just further aspects on the medical side uh, the fundamental canadian right it is so again it's the law of the land in this country and you know and the stigma that may still surround it in some capacity is people's uh you know trampling on not necessarily trampling but uh, other people um kind of telling other people how to live their life Mm -hmm. and Again, um, I'm a big believer of people living in their truth. And my truth, more specifically, is being a medical cannabis patient um, that knows with, with my doctor's help and, and with my medical cannabis um, practitioner at a soul's Health Network, I'm able to know what works with me, both as patient and athlete. And again, I, I would just suggest to others to try and be as educated on it as they can and uh, still use it in the way that it works best in your life and um you know uh also uh yeah that's basically it (laughs) no i love
0: that no i really love that and i always say these conversations drop some nugget of golden truth on me when i need to hear them and i think that i needed to hear exactly what you just said um i think also that it's really interesting to consider the idea of a cannabis practitioner, I had never really even heard of that before, though I've heard of Solace, Solace, Solace Network. Health Network. Um, are there other resources that you really like? I know, especially around CBD, there's just big question marks and a big gap to be filled in terms of yes. knowledge. Like, is there anywhere that you? Besides Lachlan, that you <laughs> really get a lot of your info, or um,
1: well, again through Solus, uh, they're yeah. they're they're my one uh, shop stop in regards to understanding uh, as a patient, and again on the regulatory side, how they've been able to help me um, throughout. It's been an eighteen it's been an eighteen month process getting this therapeutic use exemption, and uh, right now we're now on our, our we're going into our third or fourth um, resubmission, mm-hmm. um, and again. Uh, with USADA, they don't um, they don't uh, tell you no they just say you're denied and we need more information so um okay. through the team that I've been working with and also um, uh, through the team that we've been working with uh, we've been uh, you know putting together the paperwork every time they say no regrouping uh, as a, a team to better understand the the the, the the front ahead, and it's also again there's even capacity of the the legal because it, it goes beyond actually what a patient needs. Um, it's also um, it's it's beyond medical paperwork. There's it it seems to be a little legal, a little bit of political, because again the ramifications of my case will have beyond myself. It'll it'll it will um, uh, set precedent. Uh, for all Canadian athletes moving forward. Yeah, I was right? just
0: going to say the ripple effect. It's not just you that yes. you're making so, a case for.
1: Again, even beyond as a patient per se in my cannabis use, um, Solace Health Network has helped me in, in just the understanding the, the medical and the um, paperwork that I have to kind of go through it. And it's been an 18-month process, and luckily they're in my corner for mm-hmm. this next fight and beyond, uh, and right. uh, I'll win my fight against uh, the stigma and also uh the current uh denial of my therapeutic use exemption for cannabis yes.
0: yes you will amazing so how can the people find you support you follow along your journey follow your fight
1: yeah uh well keep it simple uh, although there's a lot of vowels in it it's just at elias theodoro
0: at elias theodoro i like it
1: yeah
0: it's hashtag the main event
1: a- M-A-N-E, trademark included, <laughs> ring boy as oh, well.
0: I <laughs> whip uh, my hair back and forth. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs>
1: well, thank you so much for your time and uh, the opportunity to have a conversation.
0: It is has been incredible to hear your story, to hear how much this has touched your life. Thank you. I think every single conversation illuminates the truth for people True. and helps people wake up to just the reality. And it's all storytelling and story sharing. So thank you on behalf of our listeners and we wish you all the good vibes for your fight. Thanks so much. High Tea Life. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Insta at Life. Like us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud and all the other things. Join our invite list and holla at your girl by visiting Life.